Hello, my good friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 20, and we're going to do the um, readings for the fifth Sunday in Ordinary Time, and we are in the um, the third uh, liturgical uh, cycle year of the church, the third liturgical cycle of the year. Some would refer to it as year C. Um, but, um, let's call it the third liturgical cycle of the year. Uh, all right. So, <clears throat> so let's begin with the opening prayer, which is the act of contrition in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit. I confess to almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, and all the angel, angels and saints, and you, my brethren, to please pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Okay, um, so first reading we're going to do is from the book of the prophet Isaiah. So now we are in the, uh, like I said, the, the third uh, liturgical cycle uh, of the year for the church. Um, you know, we go through a three-year cycle for the for the weekends for the Sundays and for the weekdays it's kind of like a two-year cycle um basically I think it's based on the second reading which is often the gospel um but um now we're getting also getting close soon to uh Ash Wednesday so um our reading is going to change and we're going to try to um uh, catch up uh, with that. All right. So this this is the liturgical life of the church that we we have to go through. We we need to. We have to live it because we're living through Christ. And um, now we're getting ready for uh, for Lent, and soon Ash Wednesday is going to be here, and that means we'll have to go through the journey of Lent in order to to get closer to Christ, to get closer to, to empty ourselves, to empty ourselves 
of our sins to get to be strengthened in the spirit. All right, let's begin with the first reading. First is a uh, reading is from uh, Isaiah chapter six, verse one to two, and then verse three to eight. Here I am, send me. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne with the train of his garment filling the temple. Seraphim were stationed above. They cried one to the other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of that cry, the frame of the door shook and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, holding an amber that he had taken, from, taken with tongues from the altar, he touched my mouth with it and said, See now that this has touched your lips. Your wickedness is removed, your sin purged. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Here I am, I said, send me. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. And one more time, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne with a train of his garment filling the temple. Seraphim were stationed above. They cried to the other. They cried one to the other. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of that cry, the frame of the door shook and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, woe is me, I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, holding an amber that he had taken with tongues from the altar. He touched my lips with it and said, See, now this has touched your lips. Your wickedness is removed. Your sin is purged. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Here I am, I said. Send me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, Psalm 138. I will... Um, Psalm 138, in the sight of the angels, I will sing pr your praise, O Lord. In the sight of angels, I will sing your praise, your praises, Lord. In the sight of angels, I will sing your praises, Lord. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with all my heart, for you have heard the words of my mouth. In the presence of the angels, I will sing your praise. I will worship you at your holy temple and give thanks to you to your name in the sight of the angels i will sing your praises lord 
In the sight of angels, I will sing your praises, Lord, because of your kindness and your truth. For you have made great above all things your name and your promise. When I called, you answered me. You built up strength within me. I, In the sight of the angels, I will sing your praise, Lord. All the kings of the earth shall give thanks to you, Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. Great is the glory of the Lord. In the sight of angels, I will sing your praise, Lord. Your right hand saves me. The Lord will complete what he has done for me. Your kindness, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of your hands. In the sight of angels, I will sing your praise, O Lord. In the sight of angels, I will sing your praise, O Lord. In the sight of angels, I will sing your praise, O Lord. Okay, uh, second reading is from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 15, 1 to 11. Okay, we'll do the long form, makes sense. So we preached and so you believed. I am reminding you, brethren, of the gospel I preached to you, which you indeed received, in which you also stand. Through it you are also being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain, for I handed on to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that, Christ appeared to more than 500 brothers at once, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. After that, he, pre he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one born abnormally, he appeared to me, for I am the least of the apostles, not fit to be called an apostle, be because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, what I am, and his grace to me has not been ineffective. Indeed, I have toiled harder than all of them, not I, however, but the grace of God that is with me. Therefore, whether it be I or they, so we preach and so you believed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Come after me and I will make you fishers of men. Alleluia, alleluia. This is taken from St. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Okay, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Chapter 5, verse 1 to 11, they left everything and followed Jesus. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats that 
there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. There he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. But at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to the other partners in, in the other boat to come to help them. They came, filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at his knees of Jesus and said, he fell, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of the fish they had made seized him and all those with him, and likewise James and John and the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, I want to go back first to the first reading of Isaiah. This is a, a fantastic um, vision that Isaiah had. Um, he mentions the king Uzziah, the day year he died. And then in, in the temple of God, in the temple of God, he sees God seated on a throne, on a high and lofty throne with a, the, the, the garments of God, like a train, a long garment filling the whole temple. And then he saw seraphim, uh, uh, angels were stationed above and then they cried one to another. They chanted, I guess you could say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All earth is filled with his glory. Uh, and then he says the frame of the door of the temple, the, 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 the large door of the temple was, sh was shaking. I mean, that was very powerful because of their, of their, of their cry, their chanting. That's really cool. I mean, when you think about it, wow. And then they said that, and the house was filled with smoke, I guess, with incense. You know, the incense itself was uh, like a mist, was all over. And it was just powerful. It was glorious. And then he, he um, this whole apparition made him so, um, it made him look at himself. This is an interesting thing. It made Isaiah look at himself. The glory of God made him see himself as unworthy that he cried out, um, woe is me, I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So seeing God makes you see, look at yourself and see how unworthy you are to be in his presence. And, you know, you compare this, of course, what we're going to see later on, the miracle of the catch of fish made Simon Peter fall at his knees and say, depart from me, 
for I am, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a sinful man. And then here you also have in the second reading, we go to the second reading with St. Paul, and St. Paul himself talks about the gospel. And then he talks about how he appeared to Kephas, which is uh, Peter in Aramaic, and then to James and then to 500 people. And then he says, and last of all, he appeared to me, St. Paul says, one who was abnormally born in, in the faith because he persecuted Christians. It Coming to contact with God makes us look at ourselves. I was listening just a few, you know, just the other day to um, a YouTube and I want to listen to the podcast where Dr. Jordan Peterson I want to listen to the whole thing as he's talking to Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, who happens to be an agnostic. And he explains to Joe Rogan the whole purpose of the crucifixion. I mean, Dr. Jordan Peterson has a great way of looking at these these uh, biblical things because he looks at them from a perspective of a psychiatrist and a scholar, not so much a theologian. But I like the way his postmodernist post um, you know, his, his post-secularist view, because that's collapsing. Modernism is collapsing. Post-secularism is collapsing. The whole line between science and faith is collapsing because we're, we're, for science had the dominant high ground, it's not working anymore. It doesn't work anymore. We have just, we, and I always said it before, we have deconstructed ourselves to the point of 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 uh, intellectual, mental and social abnormal uh, 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 abominations. We have, you know, we we you know we we don't know what to believe. We don't know what's right and wrong anymore. Um, postmodernism, uh, the modernist world, secular world, is basically collapsing. And I hear it from Doctor uh, Turley and Turley talks. He has a podcast and a, and a YouTube channel. You see it happening. They have deconstructed, taken everything away to the point where a lot of young people don't know what to believe. This is why a lot of the younger people, uh, and I think it's bothering people like Pope Francis, you know, church leaders like Pope Francis and a lot of bishops, that a lot of younger people are turning towards the, the, the traditional classical Latin mass because they want something beautiful. I mean, the other day I was looking at Taylor Marshall, and he was showing this ridiculous priest with an iPhone at the altar doing breathing techniques. And you see these old people from the 60s and 70s, like the Peter, Paul and Mary. And it's such a ridiculous, silly, ugly way of doing the mass. Um, it's really like watching Teletubbies performing the mass. It's so stupid. It, it, you know, they, they, everything to them, you know, is, is done from the, the, the approach of the new age of, of new age. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's all about breathing technique. It's all about positivity. It's all about feeling good, but it's not really about, about examining yourself, looking, your looking at yourself and seeing acknowledging your sins. No one wants to acknowledge sins. This is what Isaiah did in the temple. The glory of God was so overwhelming to him. So overwhelming. 
that it made him realize that he is a man of unclean lips and an unclean heart dwelling among people who are unclean. And then the angel takes a tongue um, with these tongues. He, he grabs a coal and touches it to the lips of Isaiah and saying, now you are, you know, um, the, the, the seraphim, um, one of the seraphim, um, here says here, sorry. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, holding an amber, a coal that he had taken with with the with tongs, from the altar. He touched my mouth and said, and and with it and said, "See now, that this has touched your lips. Your wickedness is removed, your sin purged." Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send? Who will who will go for us?" Here I am, I said, "Send me." I prefer actually here am I, but this is how they did it here. It's fantastic. It's just unbelievably beautiful because he didn't deny the existence of God. It just made him realize I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. I'm not worthy. I know what kind of person I am. I know I know the things that I've done. I know my sinful nature. I know my sinful heart. I know my sinful mind. I'm not worthy. You know how some people always say, God will never forgive me. How do they know God will never? Is your sin so greater than God? Are, you know, is, is the creator of the universe, you know, is, is overwhelmed by your sins, crushed down by your sins? No. Simon, I mean, Paul, St. Paul admits that he has done horrible things and yet God worked through him. God forgave him his sins, even though he had to pay the price through a lot of suffering, a lot of persecution, a lot of beatings. He preached the gospel for the sake of the salvation of other souls. Simon Peter, in his boat, saw the catch of the fish and he was working all night and they didn't catch anything. And he saw this humongous catch. And then he threw himself down at the knees of Jesus and said, "I depart from me for I am a sinful man. And this is what happens when we encounter God. We encounter God in our lives that we see our own. We have to see our own faults. And this is the problem with this generation. A lot of the younger kids, especially those who are deeply, deeply drenched in secularism, in in modernism, in postmodern the, the postmodern world, the post secular world, a lot of these kids have made that their religion. And they 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 they, they, they instead of looking at themselves and seeing their own faults, they go and attack everybody else that they have faults. The post-secular world does not want us to look at ourselves in the mirror. It does not want to see the faults in our own lives. Everybody else is wrong except me. This is um, a story Fulton Sheen told, the, the venerable Fulton Sheen told. I about a priest who attended one of those Madison Avenue, Park Avenue cocktail parties. Um, 
fifth, you know, Madison Park, Fifth Avenue, doesn't matter. You know, those fancy people with all their cocktails and everything. And there was a, a psychiatrist there. And the priest, this shows you the direction why the church, you know, we have very wishy-washy ministers. He's talking to this psychiatrist or therapist. You know, we're both in the business of helping people. I told this before in other podcasts. And the psychiatrist, therapist, whatever you want to say it, said, no, Father, we're not the same. And he said, no, no, we both help people. We, we were both in the business of trying to help people to, to recover. And he said, no, Father, I'm sorry, but you got it wrong. It's not the same. When they come to me, I charge them 80 to more than $100, whatever, like $200 to listen to their nonsense and listen to them constantly blaming their parents, their friends, their, their job, society, the government, everybody else, but they don't want to blame themselves. They refuse to look at themselves. When people come to you, they come to confession willingly and they have to confess and blame themselves. There's a difference between you and me. And I thought, you know, this is, this has always been a great, great example of why religion is different than 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 the than the uh, the psychology and the medicine of secular society, they don't want to blame themselves. Everyone is at fault. Everyone is at fault. And this is what you see with the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter and everybody else. They don't want to. It's racism. It's sexism. It's uh um you know. Uh, economic injustice and economic inequality. And the fruit, a friend of mine just said, is so low now. No one is, is impressed anymore. You know, I was listening the other day to D D Dinesh D'Souza and he was talking about how the 1619 Project is a project that wants to rewrite history. They want to claim this African-American woman, and I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but she is not in any sense of the word, a, um, an example of social justice. She actually would not agree with the woke crowd. Her writings show that she is not impressed with that, this idea of blaming or putting generational blame on white people or their descendants because she says in her writing, neither I or their descendants were, were there in the beginning of, of the slave trade. And she refuses even to, to, to continue blaming society. She's here now. I mean, she's gone. She's passed away. But the point is, one, you know, one has to take accountability for themselves, for your own choices and how you choose your, when, when you do, to, to live your life. This is why a lot of the young people and a lot of the other, generation, uh, other generations, they refuse to take accountability for their bad choices. 
This is why in Catholicism, we do in a self-examination of conscience. This is why in, in, you see that with Isaiah, and you see it with Paul, and you see it with Simon Peter. You have to take account. You have to realize your sins are your sins. You can't keep dodging them and you can't keep pretending it didn't happen. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's, it's, it's a wonderful religion. And once we begin to confess our sins and face up to them and own them up, we begin the process of walking with the Lord. This is why Jesus said one has to pick up their cross and follow me. This is why our Lord says, wide is the way to hell, but the way to heaven is straight and narrow. This is why in Lent, we go into the desert, the desert of our own personal lives and examine our conscience. This is why we have to do that. This is why penance, and we also have to Pray for other people's conversion. Pray for other people to that their eyes and their minds and their hearts and their souls are open to receive the graces of the Lord. This is why we have to do it. This is why we have to do it. We have to pick up our cross, embrace our cross, embrace our challenges. We have to do it. All right. So I'm going to end it here. And uh, let's begin with uh, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven. And by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. For the Holy Catholic Church, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. For the Pope, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. For um, for our local parishes, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Uh -huh. For our priests, 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. For the holy souls in purgatory, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And uh, we'll say a uh, Saint Michael, Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Okay, folks. Uh, we're gonna end it here, and uh, we'll be back again soon with another podcast. God bless.